Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. Tommy Tahoe Alemo on the mic. Thank you for joining me. I'm on the path to get 1% better every single day. I want more money. I want to get better at my craft. I want better relationships. I want to be healthier, happier, more fulfilled. I know you do too, so I appreciate you uh, joining me on this journey, and, and we're on it together. And um, you know, I'm really excited about this episode uh, and the interview I had with Morgan J. Ingram today. So if you're anywhere in the B2B sales landscape, you've likely heard of Morgan. He has been, he created the SDR Chronicles YouTube channel and podcast about two years ago and really took that community by storm um, where, you know, SDR, a sales development representative, is really become such a growing job, especially in the tech landscape out here in San Francisco where I am. And it's really, uh, for those that aren't familiar, it's like the entry level sales job where you're just making millions of cold calls, sending trillions of emails, and your whole job is to try to set meetings for an outside sales rep. And all day long, all you're doing is calling and emailing and you're trying to book meetings. And it's a thankless job. It's a really hard job. And Morgan took a spin on it um, to create value for the market of you know some of the tips that he was using. He had, uh, you know, talking about the mindset, talking about tactics. He interviewed people that were um, you know, experts in the space and really kind of branded himself as that go-to guy. And that led him to uh, get picked up by John Barros, who is uh, you know, one of the top sales trainers in, in the country. Uh, and he started working for John earlier this year, but that happened because he made an impact and he made something happen by adding value to the market. And he's a classic example of the mindset and the attitude and the personal development that you need. So we get into all of that. We get into his goal of being the greatest motivator of all time and what that's going to take. We talk about sacrifice versus regret, uh, his very specific personal development goals. We get into it all, and this is a really great conversation for anyone that is in the same ballpark as someone like myself where you're younger and you're, you're trying to build your personal brand or you have the side hustle that you want to get after. Or if you're in sales, we get into how uh, you can build your sales up, how you can get a new job. We talk about a lot. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. Real quick before I get into it, I want to do a shout out to the fan of the week, Dan Zichlinski. I hope I said your last name right. Uh, I don't think I gave Dan the proper credit when he actually redid my logo when I did the relaunch of Millennial Momentum. The guy is a rock star, uh, great sales rep. He's over at Udemy. We actually talk about Udemy in this episode, coincidentally. And you know he's a great guy. Thank you for the support, Dan. Appreciate it. Check this guy out, uh, some of his artwork too, if you're interested in that. So uh, without further ado, I want to get into this interview with Morgan J. Ingram. Enjoy. All right, Morgan J. Welcome to the show. Good morning, man. Hey, good morning. I'm pumped to uh, I'm pumped to get this thing going. Um, you know, I've been a, an admirer from afar from a little while now, so I'm I'm pumped to have you on the show uh, and and talk to, talk about um, you know your journey and 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 get myself fired up here for this Friday morning. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So, first things first, man. I, you know, anyone that's following you uh, on your journey on on social media and you do a good job of documenting that sees the hashtag keep dialing give me some background on that what do those two words mean to you yeah so it was an it was an accidental movement <laughs> yeah. um i it's when I, I made my first youtube video and i made the sdr chronicles which we'll get into a little bit later but after uh, after the end i always watch all these youtubers and they had like they're saying like hey like see you later or like you know they wave or they'd like smash the camera or something so <laughs> i knew that youtubers had like some type of ending so i knew that i had to have one so i was just thinking and i was like all right well i make a lot of calls so keep dialing and then i kept saying it at the end of every video and then it kind of picked up so more and more people started saying it to me and i was like what and i realized oh that's what i say at the end of my videos and i just been doing it and i didn't realize it so it's it obviously means a lot more the more that i've actually like said it like it means yeah. a lot uh i think for me it just means to keep going, keep moving forward. 
when things don't look good and also keep moving forward when you believe in yourself and no one else does. And also to keep making an effort when nothing else seems like it's going to work. So that's really what the mindset is to keep dialing. You know, there's somewhere that you really want to go in your career. There's somewhere where you want to go in your life or you're just going through a hard time. Just like keep dialing through it so that you can make it. Yeah, man. I love it. And it's so true. Um, at least I think so that, you know, sales is a metaphor for life and it extends to almost every area of life. The lessons that you learn from sales, similar to like what you would learn from sports and, you know, the keep dialing, I think applies to, you know, you could, you could take that to just about anything that you're, you're involved with. Yep. So let's take it back a, a few years, right? So, so you graduated in, in 2015, is that right? Yes. Okay. So me too. So because you've, you've carved out a very interesting path for yourself in the last few years and one that's, I think, unique to a lot of people our age. And I'd love to hear from you. So I think if I'm, if I did my research right, I would, I would say that your number one goal in life or, or in your career at least is that you want to be the greatest motivator of all time. Is that right? Yes. The homework is right. Correct. A A plus. (laughs) It's first A plus I've I've gotten a long time. (laughs) And, um, so how long have you wanted that to be your, your goal? How long has that been your mission for? Since 2015. Uh, okay. I got hit with a, like a real-life situation that was pretty much a divine intervention. And ever since then, I've been a different person, and that's been the mission. Okay. Can we talk about that moment? Or is that a top secret? Yeah, we, we can talk. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not top secret. Uh, um, so I had started a company in college spring semester and it was called collegiate gaming land so it was all based upon hosting video game tournaments on college campuses which i ran i was a ceo and i had a team and we did well we made money from it and you know got in the newspaper got a lot of accolades for it but as you know in college it's very hard to inspire and motivate people because they want to go do all these other things and we're still like in that atmosphere of going having fun and not you know, taking things as seriously as we should. So that ended up not happening. And so after I realized it was only me working on this and I didn't have any help, I had to go really figure out what I really wanted to do. So my mom sent me to go see my uncle who was an entrepreneur, has a nonprofit, it's out of Texas. So Dallas, Texas. So I get on the, um, the flight. Uh, the first time I actually ever flew Southwest and I didn't know that you could just check in and choose any seat that you want. So I was like, oh, cool, I can sit wherever. So picked a seat, sat down and this guy sat down next to me and he was like, hey, like, you know, really awesome book that you're reading. And I was like, yeah, it's a lot of success. He's like, yeah, it's a book that I picked up. Like, I'm just reading. I'm trying to figure it out. And he, he likes, we were having a conversation. Then he stopped and he was like, I have a message for you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, what the heck is about to go on? And he told me that, hey, you know, your, your destiny, um, whatever you believe in God for me, uh, he said, you know, God's plan for you is to become like one of the best motivators ever and like that's your gift and you're neglecting your gift and like you need to stop doing that like you need to go put yourself out there and this guy told you that on the plane yeah yeah on the plane on the plane and so i was like okay like what does that look like i have no idea what i need to do so we on the plane and i still have the notebook in my in my place actually still now and we wrote out the game plan of what i need to do to get there and why I should be doing it and how it'd be helpful for the community and the world. So we wrote it out. And as soon as I came back from Dallas and got back to Atlanta, um, I was a completely different person. And whoever I was before that flight is not the same. And, you know, I've been very focused and locked in ever since. So who is this guy? And, and, how, and how, did he, how did he know that, that that's your mission? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to put these pieces together. This is interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, divine intervention. Um, it's pretty much all God. I can't really, I can't really describe the situation to you, man. Like he gave me all the tips and tricks, and he gave me exactly what I needed to do, and I've done it, and it's worked. So I can't really say that it was, oh, that didn't work. Like, no, it's it's working. Um, the results are there, and the where I'm at in my career, you, it's definitely a telltale sign. Uh, but he was from a, uh, he worked at AT and T, but he was going to actually leave AT&T and he actually started his own company. So that's, that's pretty much the gist of what happened there. Are you guys still in touch? Yeah. So I talked to him seven months ago. Um, and as I keep telling the story, I realized I actually do need to contact him, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> we still keep in touch and I still talk to him. That's crazy, man. Hey, that guy, that guy deserves a, a dinner on you or something. I mean, he put you on, on yeah. a great path. 
So you, so you decide to you know get into sales, which I think is you know a very like I said before, I think it teaches you a lot, and it's a good career. Whether or not that's what you want to do in life, it teaches you a lot, and I think it's something that everyone should at least try out in some form. And so, while you're in that sales role as an SDR uh, at Terminus, right? Like, is your idea then to say, "Look, I'm going to build up this personal brand via videos, add value to the market, um, and see where it takes me," or did you? have a mission in mind like because you plotted out on that plane like if i do this it's going to lead me to point b which eventually leads to point z like was it planned or is it more so like you're just taking action both i there was no plan for me ever to join john John barrows at all that was never in the cards at all i actually never thought that i'd be in the position i am today to that john would reach out to me and that i'd join his team that that was not written down anywhere no goal setting on that one so that was just very, very fortunate and pass aligned. I would say from a value standpoint, I knew I just, well, I mean, I watched Gary Vaynerchuk. I watch all these people and they pretty much all say the same thing. So I knew that there was a white space in sales development. There's nobody was creating content sales development and nobody was doing videos on LinkedIn. So I knew if I did that, it would provide value in the marketplace and that it eventually would help me get to where I needed to go. Uh, Again, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that it would be like this fast. I thought it would just be, Hey, like I'm doing it and gradually would move in the direction that I'm moving to. Um, it definitely just plateaued at that peak. Um, so I, I, but I do know at the end of the day, when you give value to the marketplace, the marketplace sees value in you. And also there's validation and sales development right now, because as soon as I started creating content, everyone else in the world started creating content. So that means that it's definitely was a topic subject matter that people needed to be involved with. It's just with anything, nobody wants to be the first one because you don't want to be called out and be the person that failed the first time. So taking that leap was very, was very dangerous to an extent because it could have completely gone 180 on me to where they could have been like, oh, okay, that guy just makes videos and they're not good. And, you know, I go to conferences like, oh, it's the guy who makes videos. And then it's not exciting. So I knew I had to take that leap and I knew if I wanted to get ahead in my career, I had to do something yeah. pretty outlandish <laughs> to an extent. And I needed to keep and I have to keep doing that. Yeah, well, I, I would agree. And, you know, I, I think in your head, yeah, I guess that's that's reasonable. People could know you as like, this is the guy that makes lame videos. But more realistically, I think that's just like, that's doubt in your head where like people that take the chance and add value always win. Whoever adds the most value wins. And it's usually the people that are willing to put themselves out there and, you know, not only take a chance, but be vulnerable with like, they see you on video and here's my face and I'm talking about sales uh, or mindset or whatever the topic is for however long. um, And here's what I think about it. And you might like it and you might hate it and you don't know until you actually put it out there. And the people that are willing to do that the most frequently, I think, are the ones that are successful in whatever endeavor that they take. Um, so I think that's some, that's a good lesson for anyone out there that is thinking, oh, I want to I want to build this side hustle or this business or I want a promotion or I want more money. It's like, well, you got to put in the work. You got to actually do something first. It's, no one's just going to hand it to you. Um, and I think a lot of people in our generation, the tagline is that we're entitled and that um, you know we we're not willing to work for it. But um, I, I see a clear example in you that that's actually not true. Yep. So when you're on that path of you know adding value i know a, a key thing that you talk about in some of your your speeches and and the talks that you give is around removing self doubt as an emerging leader so can you talk about the process that you have gone through in removing doubt and, and maybe you still go through it today writing strengths and weaknesses down so to remove self doubt you have to figure out what what are you doubting yourself about so if you already know your weaknesses then you're not as doubtful as you, as you should be. And that's one thing that I I continuously do. And I think it's all in surrounding yourself with the right people who, who enhance you and want you to become better. And they keep pouring in you, pouring into you, pouring into you and pouring into you. And that's what you really want at the end of the day. You want those advocates around you that are going to be able to do that. So when it comes to self-doubt, it comes from mostly external factors and your surroundings that were in your past. And you, we all, grew up through something that like makes us doubt or makes us not feel like we can make it, but you have to be self-aware to understand what those things are so you can tackle them head on. So do you seek out other people that, cause I think sometimes it's hard to diagnose your own weaknesses um, naturally. Like do you seek other people out or do you go through, how often do you go through the process of like writing that down? And then, you know, here's the action plan to work on my weaknesses. 
Yeah, I mean, I took a like a two to three month like don't talk to anyone and really figure that out. And I'm I try to stay pretty self aware, and I don't I never feel like anything really changes like in my in my behavior for the most part, unless like something internal or external like maybe something like a situation happens where obviously my mood changes but it's pretty steady on what my strength and weaknesses are and i just have to know what they what the weaknesses are and then amplify the strengths but you know what i do is i try to get i get my close friends that know me the most that have no affiliation to my personal brand or what i do career-wise and they know me as a person and i ask them like hey what are what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do you like about me? What do you don't like about me? That's really difficult for a lot of people, but that's the most beneficial conversation that you can have. Yeah. And have has your has that circle that you're talking about of, of friends or, or family, or, or I guess family wouldn't change, but the friend group over the last few years, has that shifted at all because your mindset has shifted in the last three years and, and your goal and you're really passionate about what you're doing? Yeah, dramatically. Yeah. And that has that been intentional or just has kind of been part of the course? Both. Uh, I intentionally just don't talk to certain people because I, I don't like negative people. I can't hang around people who aren't driven by goals and only want to talk about stuff that's irrelevant. So after I came back from Dallas, like my mindset just changed completely. And I cut off a lot of people intentionally because I knew that they just weren't. I mean, hey, they'll maybe they'll in the future, they'll change. Right. But I just knew that their mindset wasn't there. And I knew what I had to do. And I had to surround myself with different people. So it's a it's a pull effect. That's kind of what I focus on. That's what my mentors tell me is it's all a pull effect. I don't really go on my way to really try to be like, I need to go make new friends because you don't really need that many friends. And the best piece of advice that I got is, you know, figure out who your real friends are. And then everyone else is an acquaintance. I think we get caught up in society right now that we want a ton of friends and we want to hang out with a ton of people, but I guarantee you half those people don't really care about what you're doing and half those people don't even want you to win because when you start winning, they get weird. And so I, I try to just focus on people that are there for me. And the more, and again, this is actually added, added tip here. The more self-aware that you get, the more you realize or pe- people are for you because the more you become aware of who you are as a person, the more aware you can become more of how people are. So I can read people pretty quick on whether or not they're a real friend or they're just an acquaintance or they just want to get information from me real quick. And you have to find out who that inner circle of friends are. And those are your ride or dies. And those are people you got to stick with because you just don't want a bunch of people to, to say you have a bunch of people. It's just not going to be beneficial. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, you're, you're cutting to me right now. Cause it's true, man. I mean, I moved out, um, you know, from, I guess, you know, my, uh, moment, so to speak. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't meet someone on the plane and break right down the whole, the whole vision. I think that's a unique experience, which is cool as hell. But, you know, I moved from Boston to San Francisco about, you know, a little over two years ago with the thought of, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm getting into this, the, doing the same thing with the same people, having the same conversations. Um, and I don't want my life to be like that for the next, you know, however long I'm, I'm on this planet for. You know, I want to shake things up a little bit. And, you know, because of that, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of friends and uh, my, my circle, I think, is infinitely tighter um, now, yep. uh, and it's, it's a lot smaller, but it's tighter because I know the people that I'm with, like they're, like you say, they're the, they're the ride or dies. Like they have your back, they have my back. I have their back and you know, the people that don't, they're fine. Like, you know, if I see them, you know, I'll, I'll say what's up, but it's not like, you know, um, I'm texting them and hitting them up. It's, it's just, I think you have to have the, the awareness, like you say, and, and also the courage to just like, Hey, you got to shut some people out and you don't need to be a jerk to them. Um, but it just means that you're, you know, if you go home, like when I go back to Boston, like there's certain people I'm not hitting up and there's certain people that I am and and you only have so much time. So, um, I just think that's a really important thing that people, um, need to realize and and take action on. Yeah. Just a big, big thing on that is we all have a bus of friends. And so when you have a bus of friends, uh, obviously people leave the bus or people evaporate and what, people's problem is or their mindset is that when I lose friends, I'm not going to get them back. And the real reason that you can't grow and get to where you're at right now is because you're hanging out with like bums or losers. And that's just very straight to the core. Like you probably are. The thing is the average, I mean, we all know this, like the average of five people you hang out with, like is who you're going to be. So if you hang out with five millionaires, you'll be the six. Like if you hang out with five bums, you'll be the sixth bum. So just understand that concept that when you leak out your bus and you kick everyone off that new people will enter that bus that will actually help you in the direction that you're going to go. So your mindset and where you're at is the gravitational pull that you'll have. Yeah. 
I love it. And, and so how do you go about meeting more people that are like-minded with you? I take action. That's the, that's probably how I've, that's how I have the mentors that I have. That's how I have the job that I have. That's how I have the friends that I have. All my close friends, except for probably, yeah, probably two or three are because I took action and they gravitated towards what I was doing. Now you'll have those people that you may be good friends with them from high school and you just were like best friends and like you stay best friends. That's awesome. Um, college, like I have some really good college friends, but then people beyond that, it's people that I've met after. And I just, by taking a lot of action and my results of my journey are gravitated towards me because they know like, okay, this person's like not crazy and they know what they're doing. And the energy of the, what they're doing is like, they get it and they know what they're doing. They're moving in a good direction. So that's when you really have to focus and be like, okay, am I personally taking action to get in the circles that I want to be in? Because those people can read you real quick and realize you're not, you're not in that circle. So by take action, uh, there's a few ideas that come to mind. Maybe it's all of them, but I'd, I'd love to hear what, how you prioritize this between like, all right, I'm taking action by creating the SDR Chronicles and people will naturally come inbound to me because I'm doing that. That's, that's happened to me to building the podcast. There's a way of taking action like, I see this person is killing it um, at doing whatever and I'm interested in you know what they're doing. So I'm going to call them or hit them up on LinkedIn or whatever. Or there's, you know, I'm going to go to this networking event for like-minded people and I'm going to shake a bunch of hands and try to meet people that way. Like, how do you prioritize your, the action that you take? I think you have to figure out why you're taking that action. So if you're able, if you're figuring out like what that action is, then you're good. So it's called organized action because if you get information and you're just like, oh, cool, I need to go take action, you'll just take reckless abandoned action, which is not good. And that's not what I'm talking about. And that's probably what a lot of people will take from that last couple of minutes right there what we talked about. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll just go yeah. do whatever. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying have organized action and really figure out like why you're actually executing. So the SDR Chronicles content, um, what I do is organized action. Like there's a, there's a thought behind that. There's a strategy behind that. It's not just random chaos when I post content and it's not random chaos who I'm interviewing and why I'm saying the things I'm saying. It's not, it's very organized. So you have to figure out like why you're actually reaching out to so-and-so, why you want so-and-so on your podcast, why you want a more positive influence in your life. You got to really figure what that out is because you're just going to be doing things to do things. And then you're not going to be as genuine and people can tell when you're not genuine, you're actually not real. Yep. Agreed. And, and so how do you, you touched a little bit about, putting in the work and the time. And I'm curious, how do you, how do you separate your time between this is my job and maybe it's now or, or when you were um, in sales, this is my job versus this is my personal development, which is going to help with my job, but it's also going to help with everything else. Like, is there a time split that you do? Do you separate your, your, your day into certain chunks? I'm, I'm very curious about that. Yeah. So the saying is after nine to fr- after nine to five is where you thrive. Yep. You're not going to really take yourself to the next level in a nine to five with the stuff that you learn. Like that's just straight up. I don't care who tells you that. Every single person that I know who has some type of success is doing something outside of nine to five, whether it's they bought a course, they have a book. I, I, I actually posted this two weeks ago and I asked how much people spend on personal development. I spend 400 to $600 on personal development every single month. So a lot of people will be like, that's a lot of money, but it really isn't because if I spend money on something, I will actually do the stuff it says in there and buy inherently the ROI of that. I'll actually earn more money. So and I've even done a, I've even like done the calculations and like every, so every amount of stuff that I spit like on personal development has that incrementally helped me increase from an income standpoint and helped me increase from a value standpoint and actually has made my mindset way, way more sharp than it was three years ago. Like those are two separate people. So my answer to that is I organize it in a way like I have on Saturday, I have time blocks to do work. Um, after work, I have time blocks. It's different now because what I do is pretty much what my side hustle was when I was at my job. So now it's pretty much my job is who I am and it's what I do, except for a, a couple things that I'm still learning. But when I was at, let's just say previous company Terminus, I obviously did my work when I was at work. I had some extra things to do because I had accounts to reach out to. And on the weekends, I would just do all my SDR Chronicle stuff. Again, that's maybe too daunting for people, but I'm willing to make the sacrifice so that I don't, I don't like, I don't have to do all this other stuff later. Because the real thing is, like, are you gonna have the 
pain of regret or the pain of sacrifice. And you have to choose one. And I'd rather just sacrifice like, cause I just don't want to regret stuff. Ooh, come on now. Love that. Um, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, you know, we're, we're doing this early morning. You know, it's, it's pre 7 AM and uh, out here in San Francisco, we're, we're grinding through. Um, and I, I would agree. I think it's the people that sacrifice the most over long periods of time, you know, will get what they want. I'd like to put a pin in that personal development. You dropped hard numbers, $400 to $600 a month on personal development. I've talked a little bit about, on the show about, um, you know, the Tony Robbins event that I went to um, last quarter. You know, I think reading and, and things of that sort would, would pile into that. But do you have any other examples, um, maybe outside of an event or, or books maybe that you're using for that personal development fund? Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I got a lot. So uh, Udemy, they have sales, sometimes $10. Um, obviously, not every single one's going to be an amazing course, but I do learn some nuggets from time to time. So I, I like using Udemy and I use it to, I use it for, you going to say something? Sorry. I Yeah, no, I was just curious on to cut into Udemy. Maybe you're about to say this, but I'm just curious, like types of courses. Yeah, yeah. So it's psych uh, psychology like psychology courses so and that's like mindset that's like behaviors that we do to make us better um i also look up there's like sales stuff in there so i'll, I'll look that up and kind of see what people are saying but i mostly use it for tools so like youtube mm-hmm. editing and final cut pro and audible and different things that like i want to learn real quick just to learn a different tool on how to edit and I also, it's also in there is, excuse me, like languages and different like cultures. Like there's all different type of courses, but I really try to focus on what side other things I could do to learn. So like, there's like investing, there's like Bitcoin in there. So whatever you really want to learn is in there and, and like Instagram marketing, like Facebook ads, it's just a $10 course where I could be like, okay, this person may not be like the number one person on Facebook ads, but they made a course and so they probably know what they're talking about and they have good reviews, which I always check. And then I buy that. So Udemy, um, I also go, I might buy a high premium course. So this is where someone's like very knowledgeable in what they do. And this is what they get paid to do is like all they do is make money from courses. So these are probably 200 to $500 courses and they're probably expensive. I mean, I think the most expensive course I ever bought was like a $1,500 course and I was on public speaking. Um, which a lot of people are, would probably be like, what the heck, why would you do that? But all like, you got to think about it. Like I just executed on the course and I got a speech that paid me over 1500. So <laughs> it paid for itself. Like, and not, not only that it's that those skills are going to be with you. Yeah. You're, you're what? 25. It's going to be with you for the next 50 years. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's exactly. easy, yeah. which it, it really helped my public speaking after I took that course. So that's that. So I look at high premium people who are selling courses that are doing a good job because they, they're giving you the info. You just got to do it. And then podcasts, that's that's free for the most part. So that's easy. Books, I buy a ton of books. Amazon is the best way to do that. Uh, I look at so local events. I count as personal development. So like I'll go to like networking events or event that has like a panel and you got to pay for it just to get people's knowledge. And that goes into networking. So that's a part of it. And then I also pay for maybe like a – I haven't actually never been to Tony Robbins, but – like a Tony Robbins event or maybe Gary Vaynerchuk's at an event like VoiceCon. I paid for VoiceCon. So things of that nature I'll pay for where I know that if I go there, I will find somebody that will give me good information. I'll get something out of it and I'll actually be inspired to go do more. So that's how I spend it on personal development. Again, it's across the board, events, books, courses, but I spend a lot of money on stuff and I always, I try to take the time to execute on it. I actually haven't. I got a lot of courses to go through right now, but that's what I do for a personal development standpoint. Love it. I love the examples. And, and it, you know, putting the investment forth, I've, I quote this guy all the time. I had a, a motivational psychologist, Ben Hardy, on a while back, and he talked about the difference between successful entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs was what he would call the point of no return, which, which is putting forth a usually financial, but some sort of an investment um, that's high enough where you're committing yourself to it. And like, if you spend say $500 a month, like that's significant, that's $6,000 in a year, that's going to make you put forth the effort to 10 X that versus like, if you just spend $10, like buy one book a quarter, 
like mm, that's not really that's not really moving the needle. So I think it needs to be significant time and usually money that'll help you put forth that extra effort. Um, in in my opinion and, and in his opinion. Yep, as Meek Mill says, "Scare money, don't make no money." <laughs> <laughs> that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me just take pull the covers back one more layer on that. You're clearly a very organized guy. And there's a plan here. So do you set up time at the beginning of the month or the beginning of the quarter and say, all right, I've got my range of money and time that I want to invest in personal development. Here's what I'm going to do. Or is it more so like, all right, I know I'm, I'm going to probably spend in this range. And like when something, an opportunity pops up, you're like, all right, I can swing this. This is going to be worth my time. Or maybe it's a combination. Yeah. So I have... Um a budget breakdown for every month. So it's about 10, 10%, 10 to 15% on education. That's every single month. So I just take money out for that. And I actually, I take money out for pretty much all those factors, 10% on education, like, you know, 10% on this, 50% on this, 20% goes in savings. And that's a financial conversation. But yeah, I have a breakdown for how much I'm going to spend each month already. So I'm pretty I'm pretty to the, I don't, I don't consciously think about how much I really spend when it comes to the personal development because it's already bracketed by my, by my budget already. So I don't, I don't ever, when I spend $300 on a course or I buy 20 books in a month, it doesn't, I don't even like phase, it doesn't phase me because it's like, that's in my budget. That's exactly what I'm supposed to do. And so I read it in the book we mentioned earlier, the law of success. That's exactly what it is. And most successful people that I talk to, they use the same exact formula that I pulled out. And it's because the formula breakdown is actually people spend 80% probably on like leisure activities, but don't spend any on, or 70% maybe don't, don't, they don't spend anything on education. So they never read. And it's like 47% of people after college, never pick up a book ever again. So you kind of have to understand the numbers of what you want to do to make sure that you're successful. So at every single quarter, I try to break down from a content perspective, what I want to do. And then also like, what are my goals? Yeah. And I think that's huge. And like, it's not to say that you can't do anything leisurely. Like you can't, you know, watch a movie or, you know, go hang out with friends or something like that. But it's like, I was listening to a podcast the other day and this guy was, uh, James Altucher was talking about, like, if you had to rewatch Game of Thrones, or I've never watched Game of Thrones, but if you were to restart from now and watch Game of Thrones, it would take you 180 hours. It's like, think about, how much time that is, how many days you would be spending catching up on that versus like taking a chunk of that and like, let's read a book or let's take a course or let's go meet people and network or all this stuff that is going to ben- actually benefit your life. You kind of need to like sometimes write it down and just be like, man, I'm spending a ton of time watching Netflix or like doing things that just aren't going to benefit me. That's a lot of time. I've watched Game of Thrones and now I'm like, dang, that's a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to hit you with that. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I've already watched it, so it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a sunk cost. So, I think I saw somewhere that or I I don't think I know I saw that you cold called your way into the job at Terminus. And you obviously cold called then for for um, you know, your job and you probably still do that today and and make outreach. So, like I'm curious if you're let's let's talk to the 25 year old that either is looking for a job or looking for an opportunity or looking to make a change. Like what? Maybe let's stick with the sorry, a little scatterbrain. Let's stick with they want to get a job. How would you recommend to that 25 year old like an actual tactic to how am I going to break through to this company and get that job? You have to stand out. That's. That's what it really comes down to. I mean, the cold call was because I knew it was going to stand, stand out. So I, I think the resume is absolutely dead. If you send in a resume, you're, I just don't even know. It's not, it's just not going to help you. It's just going to be there and people are going to look at it and be like, oh, that's cute. And they're not going to do anything about it. So I, I know, I mean, some people are aggressive. Like I've seen people in startups where they'll show up where the HQ is and they'll be like, I'm here for this job. And like, this is why I, I should get this job. Okay. That's pretty awesome. I've seen, I think we have so many, we have so many tools now. Like it's actually, it's actually a thousand times easier to get a job now today. Like, I don't know. I get real, I'm about to get like really fired up about this. Cause I think it's actually pretty simple. Like go do what everyone else is not doing. So 
That means figure out the person who you be your manager, go find if they have an interview, go look at their LinkedIn profile, see what they care about, their posts, or they're in a company, and send them a video, send them a handwritten note, go to the office, or talk directly to the HR person. We have so much data and so many tools that it is the most easy time to like get in front of people. Like I can give you all thousands of tools right now that are free that can give you someone's email address and you could probably get their get their direct sell. So I think you just got to find something that makes you stand out than everyone else and put yourself in the forefront. Yeah, that's good advice, especially if you're especially if you're in sales. I think it's so funny that um I remember my boss was was telling me about maybe 6 months ago. There's a guy that was trying to get 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 a job where I'm working um and he was he was talking to him and had an interview or something and then he never followed up or he never like got him the the info that he said he was going to get him or it took him like five or six days when it should have been same day. And it's just like, especially if you're in sales, like you need to show that you have the the sales aptitude, which is like getting creative. It's, it's taking action. It's being proactive. It's adding value. It's this and that. And it's like, you're pretty much like showing what your sales qualities are before you even get the job. Like if you're going to be the person, that guy or girl that stands out, and adds value and gets creative and is pro- proactive. That's what you're going to be like in the job. So I think that yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I was just kind of curious what your take would be there. I want to pivot here a little bit because I know we have limited time, and I am curious what your what your thoughts are on voice. I know you were at VoiceCon a couple of weeks ago. Met Gary V. I think he's coming on the SDR Chronicles. So a little plug there. I'll, I'll definitely be tuning into that one. But what's your I'd love to just hear you rap on voice and this is a selfish question because I'm I'm very interested in it. So I think I think voice is, is the game changer. I found some new technology while I was at VoiceCon. I have uh there's new con- the content's gonna be coming out which is gonna be heavy voice focused and it's gonna be for me it's gonna be the game changer because of what I heard. I mean I I have never been more hyped about coming out of a conference to create content more in my life. Now I got to get the time to do it, which is, which is tomorrow will be, I can actually commit to it because I've been traveling or somewhere crazy. But the big thing is that like, it's a frictionless consumable. So what I mean by that is that you can just tell Alexa or Google home to play whatever you want to play. And you, you can do whatever you want. Like you could go in the kitchen, like you can, you can do work while you're listening to something. You can watch a game. You can watch the dog, you can talk to whoever, and you can still listen to what is going on in the background. And you don't have to touch it. You don't have to move. And it's a frictionless absorbent. So you could be in the shower and listening to whoever you want to listen to, the sales tip of the day, or Gary Vee, or Lewis Howes, or Tom Bilyeu, whoever you listen to, Tony Robbins, whoever you listen to, they're all going to be consumable. So when I heard that, it made me change the game. And then I realized that everyone's going to be focused on the the speed of and speed of time so that means that like they're not going to be wanting to pull out their phone because that's that's a lot of time obviously we're all getting lazier and lazier every single day we want the easiest thing done so if you just tell alexa hey alexa do this for me that's a lot easier than you pulling out your phone and going to amazon so when i heard all these things and i heard all the insights that were coming out of it i realized that voice is where you want to be if you're producing content and you're trying to be on the forefront of the industry and voice searches are going to be higher. Smart speakers are going to be more in 2022 or 2020. They said there's going to be 84% of people are going to have smart speakers. So I'm just, I'm betting on the world's going to change and everyone's going to have a smart speaker, even though people are saying they're not, they are. And then the content's going to be displayed through there. I agree with that. I think voice is huge on the, on the upcoming. So like, so let's take a real example. I'm someone that makes content. And, you know, I think that's why re- the reason that podcasts are, have gotten so popular the last three years, and there's still so much uproom there, um, is because I can listen to it while I'm working out. I can listen to it while I'm in the shower, like you're saying. But like, all right, so I'm someone that makes content. How can I be leveraging voice? Like, what's a tool I could be using for voice other than this podcast that we're making right now? There's a tool called Audiogram. That's what I use. I would use, there's another tool called Wave. It's W-A-V-V-E. You can also take snippets of your content and put it inside of a Le- Amazon Alexa skill or Google home. Those are, those are different ways that you can do it. Soundup.com is what I use for my Alexa skill. So those are all the tools that are out there. But again, the tools are cool, but like, what are you really going to do about it? You got to execute. 
And it's really whoever executes on this game that's really going to stand out because I was just 100% convinced that like everyone's just going to be talking to a smart speaker doing their content. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Might have to check out a, a Udemy course on that if they have it. On on which on all I don't know if they do. Those are these are like new technologies that I found. Mm, okay. That like no one no one knows about. <laughs> so I might have to go make one. I don't know. But yeah, they don't have a unit <laughs> on them yet. Yeah, okay. All right. A few more questions here before we wrap up. I'm curious, from from what we've talked about, I think some of this your strengths are you're very self aware. You're taking a lot of action. I think the content that you put out, whether it's this, whether it's you know SDR Chronicles, whatever you're doing, is is pretty pretty genuinely authentic. I don't think you're putting on a mask uh, by any means. But I'm curious, with all the strides that you're making, you're on the path to be the greatest motivator of all time. Like, what's what is holding Morgan J. Ingram back right now? What's one thing? One thing? Yeah. Or you could do a few if you want. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. My weakness is my attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and that, and that obviously is shows because of sales. So my attention to detail could definitely be better. I'm not good. At, I'm really not good at directions and all my friends make fun of me <laughs> for it. So if we're ever going somewhere, they never ask me for directions. They always ask someone else. So <laughs> that's probably has nothing to do with actually holding me back, but it's just a fun fact that I'm terrible at them. Um, but I, I think, I think for me, what's definitely holding me back is I, this is the number one reason why I believe my company wasn't really successful in college is because I'm really bad at delegating. I don't like, I don't like giving other tasks to people because I feel like they're not going to do it like me and how I see it in a creative space. And that's really tough for me. So the hardest thing for me, the hardest thing for me to do is delegate how to like edit my content or try to like transcribe it. I'm really, really bad at it. And I've tried to slowly but surely have other people give me advice on certain things and actually execute on it. Cause I just don't like asking for advice actually at all, but I've grown in the past three to four years. Actually, I would probably say, yeah, for three years, I've really grown to start asking for advice and start delegating on stuff. But that's probably the one thing that definitely holds me back is that I just hate delegating stuff, even though I know I need to, because I want it in my own way and I want to feel like ah, I made this instead of someone else made it and I I have to worry and I have to double check it. Yeah. No, I, f- I feel that. I think that's a pretty common um, a pretty common thing. I remember when Tim Ferriss interviewed Richard Branson on his podcast. That was the number one um, like success, like the the number one reason why Branson said he was successful was because he was such a great delegator, um, which I thought was interesting and it's something that I think I, I could definitely work on too. Do you have other people help on the SDR Chronicles on the editing or any of that or is it all all you I do I do all the editing um which some people think that's like too crazy like I shouldn't be doing all the editing but I still do it because I actually like doing it uh visuals no someone else helps with visuals um and then transcribing I have someone else with transcribing but that's the extent of how far it is now yeah yeah I think I I could take a page out of your book and because I'm, I'm going solo on it all and probably use the little yeah. help but so if anyone's listening out there that wants to get involved in some editing <laughs> hit me up because i i it's not a process i enjoy and so what would you say all right so on the flip i gave you some of your strengths i was, I was building you up a little bit but what do you think is the number one strength that's leading you on such a successful path if there's only one i'm willing to take a lot of leaps i feel like that's my biggest strength i'm just willing to do a lot of stuff that people just aren't really willing to do like People aren't willing to go to conferences that they don't know what the real ROI is going to be. People aren't willing, most people aren't willing to just create content and put themselves out there when they know, I don't know how this is going to happen, or just take an opportunity where there actually isn't any clear path or no one has done it before. So, my biggest strength for me is that. But I don't think that's really a strength. I just feel like that's just a unique thing about me. I would feel like an actual real strength is just my energy. Um, that I'm able to just keep going and I'm able to the real de- if you look up the definition of motivator is to inspire and invoke action upon someone. So that's really kind of where I feel like my number one strength is. I can go in a room and I can really impact someone to actually go do something, not motivate, not motivate them to like get excited and be like, Oh, that was cool. And then they go home. It's like, no, I'm actually like fired up and I actually want to go do something because of like the aura that you're bringing. And so I feel like that's like my number one strength. I feel like what I mentioned at the beginning is part of that and it's kind of hand in hand. So 
when you're mentioning and when you're talking through, you know, the original trade of, you know, you're willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do and take the leap. How do you, what's the process you go through of making that decision, right? You, you, there's, if you say take a leap, like you could take a leap and go travel the world for a year or go join the circus or go do this or go do that. Like, how do you, how do you make those decisions in terms of the pros and cons? Yeah, this, this is, this helps me feel fulfilled, but it doesn't help me make as much money or it doesn't let me have more personal time or it doesn't, you know, whatever, you know, all the different reasons that a decision could be good or bad. How do you make the decisions effectively? Yeah. So yeah, every single thing that I do has a purpose. I don't, I don't nonchalantly do things. It's just not who I am. And maybe it's because yeah. I graduated with finance. <laughs> it makes me, maybe calculate every single decision. Uh, or it could just because that's who I am. It could be both. But I, but on, on a real note, it's because I'm just really focused on like every single action has to have a purpose. So when I do take a leap off something, I see I, I'm aware of what's going on. I just look at history. History was my favorite subject in high school. I didn't take it as a, a major in college. I wish I would have. I, going back, I would have. And I just look at history. So I always look at, okay, this was successful 50 years ago. The reason that was successful because they did this. So the same type of trend I see now is like, okay, so 70 years ago, they did this same exact thing. And like, I'm going to do the same thing. So it, it really is just like looking at commonality. So prime example is like history. So Gary Vaynerchuk, Wine library. Everyone knows what that is. So that's the real reason that he popped off. But it was a niche in a space. He was the only person doing a YouTube channel. So when I saw someone else mention that uh, SCR should have a YouTube channel, I thought, oh, wait, Gary did the same thing in a different industry. And there was a white space and no one else was doing it. All right, I'll do it. So that's pretty much how I, I make decisions. It's it's nothing too crazy. Um, yes, there are pros and cons. Yeah, I think about it from like, is that actually me? Can I actually do it? But everything's all just based off of history. So why I'm and why I'm ingrained with voice is because I think about the radio. So Theodore Roosevelt, when he was doing, I'm pretty sure it was Theodore Roosevelt or no, it was uh, no, it's not Ronald Reagan was doing his radio talks. That's how he became the president. It was because he was being vocal with his voice. And no one else was doing it. So my thing is, all my decisions are, all of them are based off of history and looking like Alexander the Great, Napoleon, Confucius, um, um, Attila the Hun. I'm looking at, I'm looking at all those people, and I'm trying to figure out how in the world did they do? How do they? How do they do it? And then I use that same principles and I add them to what's going on now which is why I'm never really afraid to make certain leaps because I just pay attention to history and what other people have done and then add it to the mold of who I am. And let me let me point out from, you know, 22 minutes ago or whenever we were talking about personal development and the courses and reading and all that like I think it's really important that let's say you're in sales because that's, you know, kind of our niche here, like you shouldn't just be yeah, you can read some sales books like yeah, you should learn the tactics, you should learn how to add value and ask open-ended questions and all that stuff, but like the, the books that you're going to read that can help you the most are really expanding your horizons. Like read the biography of a painter, read, go read history of, um, you know, ancient Rome, go read about the, the biography of someone else and go, go read about like stand up comedy or do stand up comedy or do all these different things that give you a unique perspective and then merge those ideas all into one. Cause I agree that history repeats itself and like looking and expanding your purview of everything is going to help with your decision-making. Yep. Love it. I got one more, one more question for you. In 37 years or whenever, at some point, you're going to be the greatest motivator of all time, but who's the greatest motivator of all time right now? <laughs> That's a good question. Who are you taking down? <laughs> um, that was a really good question because I think everyone has a different opinion on that. But if I have to really say it right now, it's it's probably Gary Vaynerchuk right now because of because he's impacting like on a whole new level right now. And pretty much everyone knows who he is and he does things that most people don't do and he's very active with this community. I probably would have said Tony Robbins, mm. but the Me Too thing kind of like took him for a little turn there. So I think a lot of people feel indifferent about him right now. But I mean, he is a great speaker. I'm not discrediting that. Um, but I, I'm going to probably go with Gary V. I'm probably... Probably that's probably the person that I'm probably ultimately going after right now. If I really have to think about it, but there could be the thing is 
people's motivators could be completely different because they could be in a different space. So they could be like, no, my motivator is LeBron James because of what he's doing in the NBA right now, right? So, uh, yeah, so it could, I guess it could be different for, for every single person. But I feel like from what I'm looking at, who's actually in their communities and everyone – pretty much is like that guy's awesome and it normally ends up being Gary Vee. He's referenced probably the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I I watch I listen to all his stuff in. I mean he's he's on another level. Morgan J. This is deep man. I'm glad that we got to have this time. Um you know especially the people that watch the SDR Chronicles and see you on LinkedIn and, and these other platforms. I think you know hopefully this gives some more perspective um on some of the background and and you know less tactics and more around some of the the inside of, of Morgan J. I'd, I'd love for you to share also where can people find you? What else is coming up? You know, either on the Chronicles or with John Barros or anything else you got popping off in the next uh, in the next few months. Yeah, podcast interview coming in soon with Gary. I should be coming uh, towards the end of summer. So we're recording that right now. Uh, SCR Chronicles is the podcast and the YouTube channel. And Morgan J. Ingram on LinkedIn if you want to contact me or say what's up. And then jbarrows.com is the sales training that I'm affiliated with, jbarrows sales training, uh, work with John Barrows. So that's those are ways to find me. Those are ways to ask questions and get in touch with me. Sweet. Morgan, appreciate the time, man. This was a, this was a riot. Uh, loved it. And uh, for everyone out there listening, we'll be back with a new episode next week. See you, man. All right, guys. My three takeaways from interviewing Morgan J. Ingram. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can check out the full interview below. Click that link. Millennial momentum. My my top three things, though, you know, first and foremost is his mantra of keep dialing, right? I think it's really um, just like any part of sales. It's really a metaphor for life. You know, when things get hard, keep moving forward, keep believing in yourself when no one does. I love that mantra of his. Uh, very similar to uh, when Jason Pfeiffer, the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, I think that's episode thirty or thirty one said his mantra is, I'm not fucking around, and it scales to everything. And having a mantra, whatever it is that you believe in, I think is really important. Uh, number two, talking about being around the people who make you better and um, having it be a pull effect. It's not saying, I want to hang out with them or I want to hang out with them. If you're yourself and you you are going towards your goals, the right people are going to find themselves in your life. And I think that was a really important message. And you know, the third piece is just his organized action of personal development. You know, he, he lays out, if you go to uh, about 21, 22 minutes in, he, ta- he talks about, um, you know, how he maps out his personal development every month, the amount of dollars he spends, what he spends it on, his process, his thought process of it all. And he talks about the pain of regret versus the pain of sacrifice. And I think that's so important. Um, you know, we're, I'm, editing this up on a Sunday afternoon. It's fucking beautiful outside, but I'm in here with the pain of sacrifice. So I don't have the pain of regret later. So I uh, hope you really enjoyed that one. I love talking to Morgan. Um, subscribe, review, rate. Let me know what you think. More greatness coming up um, in the future, but I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Out.